Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We're talking about our seed time and harvest. We, we, we like to hold on to our seed, right? We like to eat our seed. We like to um, uh, control our seed or think that we're controlling it. We love to put our seed into storehouses. But what we don't actually understand is that our seed is actually... Um, when, we, when, we, when we put it into God's system and the way He does things, it actually brings about more life and it brings about more seed. It's just... There is this whole system that I want to talk about today of how God provides. And um, it's, it started with, well, it was really hit home by Christ and what He did. Yeah. See, Jesus was the Father's seed. He was God's seed. And He let Him die. Because God knew that if Jesus would die in the flesh, He would rise again in the Spirit and be resurrected. And He did that to save us from sin. He was the sacrifice on our behalf. Like He died for your sins. So if you if you're, you know, being told constantly you need to do some sort of penance, uh, that's got nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus paid your penance on the cross. He did it for you on your behalf. You have to understand, all you have to do is go to Him, be made pure. Because He was the seed that went into the ground, died and rose again, and then he just said, anyone who follows me, who, anyone who believes in me and follows me will also have the same life that I have. Wow, so so you, there will be a death, but there'll also be a resurrection. Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it'll never spring forth life. I just feel like saying this to somebody, you're holding on to something. There's something you're holding on to. Let it die. It's okay. I, I feel like God is prompting you Right now, he's saying, you need to make a choice to let dot, 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 just, just let it go into the ground and die and forget about it and let God do what he's doing. Because that's what a farmer does, right? A farmer doesn't say, oh God, I pray for my plants to grow and then just keep digging it up to check to see if it's growing. So it doesn't work like that, right? We've got to just let it die. And that's what the seed does, but it's only then. And uh, this church is... A, um, an example of that. It is an example of that. I had a guy tell us, Ryan, if you go to India, you'll die. I died. It killed me. But in a good way, I'm glad I did. I had some, I had some pride issues that needed to die. I had some arrogance that needed to die. I had, some, I had some stuff in me that just needed to go. And India has been Mr. Know-it-all, realizing he doesn't know anything. A lot dying. But look what God has done. Amen? Isn't that cool? Anyway, just to review the last few weeks, first week, I don't know if you can remember, of We Build Together, was about surrendering. Are we willing to surrender in the face of trouble? Oftentimes, we try and get out of problems. We pray, God, would you please change my problem? Would you please get me out of my problem? And then we get angry at God. I don't know if you've done this. I've done this. We get angry at God when the problem stays. Anyone know what I'm saying? Maybe, just maybe, God wants to use that problem and all you need to do is surrender to Him. 
once we surrender then, it's another step though. We surrender, we go, okay God, I'm going to surrender. Often the pattern goes like this, we, we see a problem, we, we go, okay God, I surrender. Then what happens? He goes, okay, I want you to step into faith. He calls us into a stretch. He calls us into a place where there isn't anything. He goes, okay, just go into this place and you'll be like, God, there is nothing there. I don't know what's happening. Why are you calling me into this wilderness? Just like him calling the, the Israelites, if you know the story, the Israelites out of Egypt where they had a meal into a desert where there was no meal. It's like, what is God doing? He, he does that. He calls us into a place of surrender. Then he calls us into a place of the stretch. And it's in the stretch that we see the provision. That's what we preached about in week one. And week two was about hearing, the, hearing God because who knows that when you are going through a stretch, one of the main things, pretty much the main thing is, is, am I hearing God? Can I hear His voice? Can I hear His voice? Well, to hear God's voice, there's one thing that you have to settle within your own heart. Okay, you ready for it? You already know this. I've been preaching about this. Some of you already know this. You've been talking about it in your connect groups and you've been having a revelation, I hope, and God's speaking to you. Who knows what it is? When, 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 when you are getting ready to hear the Word of God, what's one thing you've got to settle in yourself? You've got to be predisposed to obedience. Be predisposed to, to obedience. Be ready to obey. Settle it now. Because a lot of people, they want God to speak, but they don't like the words coming out of His mouth. They're like, I see your face moving, but all I'm hearing is blah, blah, blah. Because I don't want to hear it. It's like, oh, I don't want to hear it, God. Because He's like, okay, I want you to put that seed that you've been holding on to into the ground, let it die and forget about it. No, God, that's my one thing. That's my talent. That's my gift. That's my... God's like, let it go. Predisposed to obedience. Third, third thing is what, what, what God is taking us into as we are moving towards the commitments dinner, okay, where we are coming together to commit to God over and above our tithe and offering that we are committing to over the year, an amount that we're praying about, that we're going, okay, God, this is what we're going to pray about and this is what we're going to give over and above our tithe, is, is what begins to happen. And this is the pattern, right? Is God, He uses a group of people to bring about change, he uses a group of people, a collective of people. This is how he works, right? And, and the point is, is we want to, we want, see, the problem for us is, 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 is to do what we do, okay? To create a place that we are proud of in terms of a place where we can bring our friends. Last week, we talked about the Queen of Sheba. You know who the Queen of Sheba is? The Queen of Sheba is your friends. Just, it's a metaphor. You understand? Queen of Sheba is your friends whom you go... I want to bring them to church, but I'm really nervous about it because I'm scared of what they may say or they may, see, they may think. You know what we can do? We can create a space that we are proud of, but who knows we need resources for that. That's the problem, right? So that's our problem as a church right now. That's what we're up against and, and, and that's why we are facing that problem and we're surrendering to God as a church and we're saying, okay, we surrender and then we're going to move into a stretch and we go, okay, God, we're stretching in our own capacity now and we are believing for a miracle. Amen? That's what we're doing. That's what this is all about. Some might ask this, this, this question, why, why, why do we need to put all of these resources into a building? I'll answer that because I think it's important to note. It's a good, we need to give a good why. We don't really, really, really need to worry so much about buildings, okay? But if you look at history, human history, whenever anything significant happens, whenever there's been a cultural shift, it's always come out of a place. 
There, like, you have to understand something. When people come together, there's community. And uh, one of the things that I love about this church, that I just love about this church, in fact, it's something that is probably, apart from God himself, and then Rachel, she's pretty close to my heart as well, and then my kids, that's next. But apart from that, apart from all of those things, one of the most important things to us as a church is community. That's why uh, the, the vision statement for our, our connect groups is to, to foster Christ-centered relationships. That's, that's it. That's the number one purpose of connect groups. We know that you're going to have great Bible studies. You're going to open up the Word and learn that together. But, but what brings that all about is Christ-centered relationships. People getting around Christ and, and connecting and saying, we are friends, we are together, we are sticking life out together and we're, going to, we're glued together and we're going to grow together and we're going to do life together and we're going to get sick together. We're even going to get old together and our kids are going to get married. No, maybe that's too far. But... <laughs> but but, you know, that's what, builds, that's what builds churches is community. But whenever communities start to happen, right, out of those communities, things, beautiful things happen. Out of, out of that, those communities comes art. Out of those communities come a song. Okay? Out of those uh, communities, stories come out of those communities. And another thing that comes out of those communities is architecture. If you, 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 you trace back history to every period, there is architecture that has marked that time and that period. And let me tell you something, what God is doing here, as He's brought us together as a collective, the reason why we are going, okay, we are going to make sure that our rent is paid up on this, um, and we're going to try and make that happen, and we're going to buy some new things, we're going we're to paint, repaint the place and, place and make it look nicer, and invest a little in our children's church. The reason why we're doing that is because of community that is happening here. It's because of what God is doing in this place. It's connected. And there are going to be artists that come out of this place. There are going to be, there are going to be singers. There are going to be filmmakers. There are going to be story makers. There are going to be business leaders. There are going to be political leaders that come out of this place. We, we, you know, even the, the day of Pentecost happened in a place. God told them, he said, Jesus said... <coughs> Go to that place, that upper room. This is our upper room. This is the spot. This is the altar where God moves. You need a place. It's how we work. It's how we operate. Now, the thing is, we need to make sure that place is reflective of the redemptive nature of God. Okay, we need to make sure that space reflects the glory of God. I mean, we don't have to be like Solomon. Okay, he did a lot. We don't have to have diamond encrusted walls. Although that would be kind of fun, but I would be worried. Okay, about that. But we do need something that is excellent, that reflects who God is and who we are because of God. So that when people come in, when the Queen of Sheba comes in, whoever that Queen of Sheba is, you might be rich or poor, I don't care. Whenever that person comes in, they come in and go, who are these people? Because what she can see, we are, we are, we are creating. We are creating as a people, as a community. When communities get together, things begin to happen. Every, I mean, I, I love, who loves the city of New York? I love that city. I'm just so glad that I went to New York after, after I planted the church here because I probably would have ended up being uh, a, planter, a church planter in New York. I mean, I grew up on Sesame Street. Do you know what Sesame Street is? It was the only TV show up in Broome where we grew up. And it was Sesame Street, it's a New York-based show. So like for me, going to New York, I was like, I'm in Sesame Street. This is amazing. <laughs> this is the best thing ever, right? Um, but that whole city, think of everything that has influenced the world out of that place. 
And when you flow over and when you come into it, they've actually thought about how they're going to build that city in order for it to flourish and, and for people to be creative, for people to move forward. We're doing that here, guys. Now, part of shaping culture is shaping the architecture and shaping the buildings and shaping what's going on around us and shaping the development. You go down this strip down on Tulsi Pipe Road and if you go in and have a look at some of those loader buildings, man, they have shaped this city. They have changed it forever. It is different. It's crazy different. I'm like, where, where am I? I went and had a walk through one of them the other day. I was like, my goodness, what has God done here? He's changing this city. It's looking different. You know, you know what's marked the difference for India, right? One of the things that when I first moved in here to India, well, when I first came here on a trip, we landed in Calcutta. I was with my dad. My dad used to come to India every year and he'd come back with all these crazy stories of miracles and what God's doing all over the nation. And I was like, man, I've got to come. And my sister, the year before, had gone and they literally had prayed for someone who was dead and he rose again, okay? Isn't that cool? Yeah, you can clap. You can clap, God. That's always good when someone rises again after being dead, okay? <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'm serious. <laughs> it's, always, it's always good, right? You're dead, get prayed for. So that's what happened. So I'm like, Dad, I'm coming. Next year, I'm there. I'm coming, okay? I would come here, and we landed in, our, in um, Calcutta. And at this point, the, the airports in, in India were not, um, well, they're not like they are now. Let's just say that, okay? <laughs> So, so we, uh, we land in Calcutta. I've come out of Australia. Australia, if you've been there, is like, it's just any normal old Western nation. Everything's kind of organized. The roads are straight if they're meant to be straight and crooked if they're meant to be crooked. And they go to the places that they're meant to go and, you know, the lights are there and, you know, there's nobody on the sides of the roads. There's just nobody. It's just roads, okay? There's, if there's a road, there's a road. And if there's a house, there's a house. But here it's a little different, right? So, so, so we land in Calcutta and Calcutta, as you know, uh, back then, I mean, it, was, it needed some development, you know, and uh, the airport, when you land, you come in, and every sick person in the city, it seemed, had worked out that there are foreigners coming through those doors where the, plane, where the planes land, so maybe, just maybe, they'll feel sorry for them and give them some money. But the problem was, is as you came out of the airport doors, out of immigration, there's like 500 beggars in your face. Like, for me, I'm like, Dad, I want to, I was like, I want to go back in the plane. I was just like, this is insane. What is this place? It was the first time I'd seen someone with elephantitis. Do you know what elephantitis is? Where your feet get like really big? I don't even know what that is, but there was a man standing with gigantic feet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and there's limbs missing and boils. Anyway, you know how it is. You've all seen it. I don't want to. But for me, I was so impacted. But who knows that now when I get guests in, and when I know they're flying in, when Tim Lowe is flying in next week and I go and pick him up, one, one, it's a, it's every time I do it, pick up someone, it's a very proud moment for me. You know why? Why? Because the architecture's changed. It's a reflection of the culture and what is happening in India. There has a change. There is a shift that's happened. And we are beginning to reflect it as a nation. It's the airport, if you don't, haven't worked that out. Who's proud of that airport? I'm proud of that airport. Another thing was the traffic. Oh my gosh. When the traffic is still a little bit, you know, in need of development, but it's way better than it was. When I wanted to get an engagement ring organized for Rachel all those 13 years ago, uh, there wasn't any of these flyovers that we have through, um, you know, the back and all of that. To get from Bandra, which is where we were staying, to, um, 
to uh, town, it took us literally two hours going through all of those back areas like Chor Bazaar and all of those areas. Remember when it was like that? To get from town to Bandar or Bandar to town, it was like, like pack your lunch because it's going to take all day kind of thing. Okay? Pack a tiffin. <laughs> okay? I, now it's like I'm just... And then, and then they started to make this. Everyone's pointing at this one big thing that they seem to be doing forever out in the sea. And then it opened. And now it's the icon of this city. If anyone's going to take a photo of what explains Mumbai, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah the sea link. The sea link must be there. <laughs> right? You want to show a photo? It must have the sea link and then what's happening over in Lower Perel. That's the skyline of Mumbai. It's, it's because the culture is rising. There's something changing. So you've got to understand something. Buildings are just a part of the whole thing. It comes out of what God is doing as a collective in a group of people, right? So it's important. It's important. The difference with us is our culture is redemptive. Everything we do, everything we do, we are reflecting the redeeming nature of God. When we moved into this room, it was an empty, chaotic mass of nothing but we came in and we said just like you know god said and we said it in the name of jesus in the name of jesus let there be light in this building and it came into order and this is what we have because we redeemed it you've got to understand you can give god a clap you got to understand something when we as a church step into places we redeem it we redeem people by the blood of Christ, and we, 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 we redeem places by the blood of Christ. And it's, it's, those, it's those things that happen out of that, we will see this beginning to spread. Out of this place, it will spread all over the city. We'll be able to, as we, uh, as we get more resources, we'll be able to do more and more. I'm dreaming that one day we'll have six to ten centers across the city, regional centers that people can come to church and just be blessed and find the Lord and find peace, find hope, find joy, find the gospel. I want that. I want to see it happen. I hope you could join me in seeing that happen. We redeem culture. That's our job. And buildings are all just a part of it. But the problem with, is it, with it all is, it's, okay, the problem with it all is, is that we need resources. I just want to spend some time, if you would allow me, just talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping. Because with our problem... Who knows that to achieve any vision, you need resources, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse, um, one, verse 1 through to 9. It says this, And now, brothers and sisters, we, wanted, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they, that they give as much as they were able. Everybody say, as much as they were able. And even beyond their ability, Paul says, entirely on their own, they urgently plead, pleaded with us for the privilege. Anyone look at giving as a privilege? I struggle with that sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I'll be real privilege no it's a sacro it's more of a sacrifice than a privilege right but these guys knew something okay the privilege of sharing in this service to the lord's people and they exceeded our expectations they gave themselves first of all to the lord okay this is the pattern first we give ourselves to the lord and then by the will of god also to us that's 
community. That's people laying their lives down before the Lord. The next thing that happens when you lay your life down before the Lord is your sacrifice before others. You lay your life down for one another and that's what creates the beauty of church, right? So we urge Titus, so I urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a um, a beginning, to bring also a completion, this act of grace. Everybody say grace. Okay, on your part. But since you excel in everything, um, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, through His poverty, might become rich. Unless the seed goes to the ground and dies, it will never spring forth life. Jesus was the firstborn of all of those who are resurrected. He was the first one. We are the sons and daughters that follow Him, right? He set it up for us. Now, you have to see something. There is a grace that is there. This word grace, I just want to talk about this word grace. That's why I kept on making you say it. Why is He making us say grace again and again and again? Grace, that word is, 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 is the word charis. It's a translated word, charis. That word is like kind of, with, it's like favor. It means kind of favor. And, and, and this is what it means. It's, it's the goodwill, goodwill freely given, regardless of the benefit of the giver. This is grace. This is grace. Grace is this. iPhone S. Hurry, it's yours. Thank you. Keep it. Do what you want with it. It's yours. That's grace. Okay? So here's what you have to understand about grace. It's a gift that God gives us, right? It's actually something that God gives us, something that we can operate out of, and it's the way He provides for His people. Grace. You've got to understand, when you begin to operate out of this gift of grace, okay, you are operating out of the same spirit that Jesus did, that he trusted the Father. He said, he's in the garden of Gethsemane, he's like, if this cup could be taken from me, please, can, someone, can, I just, can someone else drink it? Can, is there, isn't there another way? But your will be done, I'm going to obey. We are operating out of that same spirit of sowing into grace. Sowing into grace. There is a grace that is available for you and I as we begin to understand that we are the people whom God uses to actually bring about His miracles. We have grace for it. But the problem is, is we get that seed and we don't understand what it actually is. We don't actually understand what it is. See, grace is a gift that's given. And, and I just want to set this up before I read this next part. Okay? There were two people groups that, are, that, that we're looking at here. There was the Macedonians in this story, the Macedonians, okay? And who else were there? There was the Corinthians, okay? Let me just help you. The Macedonians were extremely poor. 
They were going through extreme poverty at the time that they gave this gift. They, they, weren't, they weren't like rich, okay? They were the exact opposite. In fact, they were going through such a bad trial, they were going through such bad persecution, their businesses weren't working out, they weren't getting work because of what they believed and everybody was crunching in on them. They were saying, no, you, if you worship this Jesus, then we're not going to give you work. That kind of thing was going on, okay? These people were in poverty, So what Paul is doing when he's talking to the Corinthians, you have to understand something about the Corinthians. The Corinthians were rich. Corinth, okay, when you read Corinth and the history of Corinth biblically, was a lot like this city that we live in, a lot. The similarities are quite like insane, okay? So so Corinth was a very wealthy place, a very very together kind of place where where there was things happening. It was one of the center places of, 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 of the world at that point in time, okay? So he's saying, he's, now I want you to see how this is counterintuitive and how grace works because he is, here is Paul saying, here's some really poor people who operated in grace for another group of people who needed some help and God provided for them. They operated out of this grace and they're all, all good. God actually provided for them because they actually understood this grace that they were through. It wasn't about how much money they had. It wasn't about their, their wealth. It was about the grace. You understand? There's a big difference. So, so these people in Corinth, they're like, mm, well, we don't know if we sh- should give. So Paul is having to kind of prod them a little bit. And it's just interesting that when you've got money, it's harder to give than when you don't. You know why? Because the numbers get bigger, the zeros get more. I remember a time when I sold a house in Australia and I had some money left over. And I believe in the tithe. I believe in the tithe. I made about $100,000 on the house or something like that. I believe in the tithes, that means I had to, just the 10%, I had to give 10,000 Australian dollars, that's 5 lakhs, okay? You know, it was so much easier when I didn't have money to give. (laughs) But when I counted up that 5 lakhs, I was like, dear God, I don't want to give it. Don't worry, I did. (laughs) But here's these Corinthians, a little bit of a push. But you have to understand something about this grace. The grace is the same whether you've got little or you've got a lot. The grace is the same. It's the same power. So I just want to say this to you. As we commit to this, as we commit to this commitments dinner next week, as we sit down and we go, I am committing to X amount towards the building of this church over and above my tithe. Even if you can only give... 10 rupees a, a month over and above your tithe. Let me, let me, I want you to hear this. The grace is the same for you as it is for a person who can give a crore a month. It's the same grace. It's the same grace. It's the same power. And... <clears throat> What people don't understand is, is when we begin to give in to what God is into, when we begin to give in to what God is doing, we are sowing into very fertile ground. And you have to understand that the Bible, what's in it, Jewish culture, you look at the Jews, the Jews, everything 
that Jews actually do is based on the Bible and it's based on seed, time and harvest. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to plant and a time... Their, 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 their whole... You know, who, who's ever celebrated at a harvest, like a harvest festival? It comes out of ancient culture, right? It's the time when you have a harvest, but to have a harvest, you've got to sow, Right? And we don't understand this. We go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can afford it. It's not about what you can afford. It's about what you can't afford. Man, you can't afford not to be sowing into the kingdom of God. Because that is how God works. That is what's going to bring about the harvest for you. Oh, no, but it's mine. No, no, it's, it's, it's seed. It's seed. And I'm not talking, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I need to. No, no, it's like seed. Just plant. Trust God. See that he is not faithful to what he promises in the Bible. Because it's grace. It's a gift. It's a gift. So the grace is the same. Here's the thing. When you, when you meet God, you start to walk with him, there's going to come a moment where he calls you to sow. The first step he, go, he says is like, give me your life. Living sacrifice. Put yourself on the altar. Oh, no, God, I want to get off the altar, right? We, we want to do that. We want to get off the altar. We bring our lives, and then he's like, okay, I want you to bring everything. You've got to understand, finances, finances are hard to give because of this, because it's a part of you. I mean, money is just an extension of who we are as people. It takes on your nature, you know. It's, it's, it's amoral. Money is amoral. It's not evil. It's fine. Money is really not evil. It's evil in an evil man's hands. Do you understand? But in a righteous man's hands, the Bible says that the city prospers. Well, the, the, the city celebrates as the, his the righteous prosper. Why? Because in a righteous man's hands, he begins to understand the principle of seed, time, and harvest. He begins to sow, and the city prospers as a result, and we begin to change culture. Okay? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So what happens? Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 14. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly, okay, let's think of this in farmer terms, okay? You've got a farmer, he's got a vat of, he's got a big vat, you know what a vat is, right? The vat, the vat's a place where you put the seed. You've got that big <clears throat> storage tank where all your seed is. And the farmer says, you know what, I'm just going to save my, uh, I'm just going to save what I've got over here. I ain't going to sow it because I need to save it. And I'm just going to sow a little bit. Right? What happens for that farmer? Do those seeds that are in his storage tank sprout forth? No, they don't. What he puts in the ground and lets die, that's what sprouts forth. So this is what Paul is saying. He's making an analogy here. He's saying, now he, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, okay? Not reluctantly or under compulsion, so that's some nice things to say, okay? If you're feeling reluctant, don't do it. You're feeling compulsive right now to like stand up and say, oh, I want to give you all of everything. Please just relax. <laughs> okay? It's not what we... I want you to go home and pray. That's what I want you to do. Okay? Okay? For God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work you know why because of the grace as it is written they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor their righteousness endures forever now he who supplies 
seed to the sower. I want you to hear this. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply... Does it stop there? Here's where I get into a little bit of like, I get nervous about the Bible. The Bible freaks me out sometimes. It's freaking me out right now. Because here I hear something, I'm reading something that I actually have trouble believing, but I've seen God work. He says, He will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know why we're doing this? We're, we're changing culture. Come on, give God a clap. Come on, God's awesome. <laughs> There are people that are, to, that are yet to come that are going to thank God for your offering. There's going to be a harvest of righteousness. But it's not just that. He's also, he's also saying that God is going to increase what you have got going on in your own personal life because you've understood the principle of grace and how God actually operates in the kingdom of God. Okay? This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is overflowing, also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you approved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and, experience, and, and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. When you step into sowing, you are stepping into grace. So here's the pattern of grace. We have a need for resources. When we have a need for resources, what we do, we sow what we have. And then as a result of what God does, the miracle is what He does in that ground where we don't see. The miracle is that spot where we're like, okay, I'm just going to wait now and see what God does. He brings the in increase. And this is for us as a church and it's for you individually. He brings the increase. Because He's like, okay, finally, someone's got it. Someone's understood the principle of seed time and harvest. And they've begun to sow. And out of this, I'm telling you, mark my words, we will buy buildings out of this one day. We will be the head and not the tail. Because that is what the Bible has called the church to be, the head and not the tail. We're not meant to be at the, at the mercy of landlords saying, oh, please, please, please. No, we're not meant to be there. We're meant to go and with checks and say, you know what, we're buying this place and we're going to set up some things over here. Would you let us, here's the check. Boom. That's where we're meant to be. That's where we're going. And it's locked up here. It's locked up in a people group who understand the principle of seed, time, and harvest. Because God will supply your needs and over above and over above and again and again. This offering, we're going to do it every year. We're going to do it every year. Watch the stories that come out of it. It's not, it's not for just individuals to get like, you know, all like set up and rich. That's not what it's about. But there will be wealth that comes out of it, but that wealth is for His kingdom to be built. That's how it operates. That's how it works. Okay? 
over and above our tithe, our, 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 our tithes and offerings, if you don't know this already, currently sit at about 50 lakhs a year. That's our tithes. That's what you guys are actually giving. Isn't that pretty cool? You can clap yourself on the back. That's pretty cool. Now, the problem is um, that, um, that, that means that we can't afford staff. We can't push things forward because a lot of that money, 79% of it is actually something like that, is going to the rent of this room. Okay? It costs us a bunch of money to rent this place. We need to, in order to step forward as a church, we're in a position where we need to take on staff. We need to become a church that is self-sustaining. We need to stand on our own two feet, Rachel and I. We need to come into a place where we're not um, continuing to out ask for outside support. We don't ask of this church um, yet, but we, we need to come to a place where we can, okay, where we can and, so, and the church can afford it. So this, this commitment, okay, is, is the, the end goal is 53 lakhs, okay? What we want to do with that, I'm just going to quickly go through this. I know I went with this, but I'm just, it's the first time we've done this, so I want you to all be on the, on, on the same ball. So 79% of that 53 lakhs is rent. Um, for 4% of that is to paint this place. I don't know if you've noticed, the paint in here is a bit run down, yucky. I, I'm not proud of it. I want it to look a bit better for you guys, for those of you who are yet to come, okay? Uh, you know, and we're going to do some wallpaper. And we, anyway, we're going on. Um, we need some new sp speakers and a sound desk. Uh, so 10% uh, of that, those things are expensive. Currently, we are borrowing. Those speakers are borrowed. That desk right there is, um, is a toy, and it needs to be... Um, it needs to, it's actually a seed that we need to put in the ground and just never expect nothing to come out of it. It's done, okay? It's, it's, oh, I hate that thing. Anyway, bless you, little desk. Uh, uh, we need some lights for the cameras because you can't see my face or anyone who's on stage when they're on stage. You can't see the face, so we need to kind of brighten it up a little bit. Uh, we need a Dropbox account. We want to put 1.5 lakhs towards the kids' church. If you can see... Do you ever have time to go and look at what the kids are using right now? It's a room with rugs on the floor. We need to give them a little bit more if we want them to have the best experience that they grow up and become the leaders that they're meant to be one day, right? We need to give them a little more, okay? So, so there's a percentage. So, so that's what this is going for, okay? The, and the goal is 53 lakhs, and we have worked it out, just so you know, that if less comes in, we've got budget set in place that we, you know, for, for, for wherever it sits, okay? But this is the overall goal. Basically, once we get this, if we can get in uh, this 50 lakhs, then that frees up the money that's already coming in, the tithes and offerings, so that we can do more with staffing and all of those sorts of things, right? Part of that also is I want to give I want to give three percent of our overall budget coming in from tithes and, and tithes and offerings. I want to I want that to be free will offerings to the poor. I want our church to be able to give. So that works out to be about if about I don't know I can't remember now. It's about two lakhs a year. I want to start with and I want to increase that as we see increase right where we begin to just give to the poor where we and around this area where we begin to see change as a result of that right. So this is going to free us up. This is going to free us up. Now, in your hand, you have, a, have an envelope. This is what we're handing out next week at the Commitments Dinner. The dinner is a celebration where Tim will speak, we'll have some songs, we'll have some good food, we'll have some lights, we're going to have dancing, we're going to have all of that sort of stuff. But there will be a moment where we sit down and go, this is what I'm committing to, okay? So you'll see it, okay? You've got your name, company name, if you want to put that, address, postcode, all of that. You can either, you can tick an option, okay? One time, or you can give a one-time offering. You can give that offering that night, okay? We will have the facilities in place. What, what it will look like is there will be a moment where we're going to say we are taking up the offering, and that offering, we're not going to do it like handing around the basket, but it's going to be a moment where we have a, 
a basket on the, on the stage where you can come up and put it in, okay? Right, That's, there's going to be that moment. So you can either have your one-time thing organized, you can put it in here if it's checked. See, we've made envelopes, smart, right? Okay, or you can put whatever you want in there. Some of you might need to take like 20 envelopes today in Jesus' name and go and start filling them up and get your men to fill them up, okay? Or you can, then you've got this word monthly, monthly. What's monthly? Monthly or weekly, okay? Um, so you can put monthly, you can tick that option, and then you can put the amount. So I am committing to X amount every month over and above my tithe for the rest of the year. So from this, from this month to next month, 12 months. Um, or you can tick weekly, I'm going to give this amount weekly according to however you do your banking. Now, why, why are we doing that? See, on the other side, you'll see this side, you'll see this side, turn to this side, all right? Here's how it looks. Now, I know we've started here at 480 rupees a week. If you are in a position where you're like, even that for me is like a lot, you know, Ryan, just do your own calculations. Do your own prayer times. Just take it to the Lord and see what He leads you in, okay? He'll take you to a place where He'll... But even, even, even for a Starbucks a week, right? Sacrificing a Starbucks a week. Over the year, towards our overall, we build together you can be contributing 25,000 rupees. That's a lot of money. Guys, that's a lot of money that we can do a lot with, right? So, so, so you might want to just sit down this week, okay? Look at your budget. If you don't do a budget, maybe it's you know, a good time to start, you know? Get some advice, go and talk to your financial person that you've been meaning to do and say, I want to start giving to my church over and above my tithe. How can I do it? And sit down with them and let them work it out with you. They'll be like, why do you want to give to that? You need to go and put it in blue chip stocks and bonds. And this is, no, no, I, this is what I want to do. I'm sowing to the kingdom. I'm sowing to the kingdom, right? So, so, and look at what, I mean, gosh, look at the amounts. I mean, we can hit this. We can hit this goal, guys. I know it looks like a lot. I know it looks like a lot. But, I mean, put it this way. One lakh a year is 8,000... 333 rupees a month. We get 50 people that commit. We've hit our goal. We've hit it. We've, uh, we've hit it out of the park. We've already got commitments in. We've already got people who are starting to give in lump sums. But people are beginning to move. So God is doing something. But we've got a long way to go and I need you to pray. Come ready on Friday night. It's going to be a time of celebration. It's going to be the most beautiful moment. I'm going to be so happy. Rachel and I, we will be also taking this envelope home this week and praying about what we should be putting in it. Because we're in this together. Because we build together. Amen? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.